Well, like I said, when, when there's pain in the body, you know, sometimes it can, we could have certain thoughts or we might be struggling. See it as a, as a message, an opportunity to do something different. Maybe you have to give up something. Maybe you have to do something that you, you're not used to doing. Because if you keep doing the same thing you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same message and the same results. So for me, the, those are blessings in disguise. Welcome to the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Our guest today is an accomplished CEO, business growth strategist, professional keynote speaker, award-winning author, business trainer, and radio show host and media personality, dedicated to empowering business owners and businesses to boost their brands and business simultaneously from ordinary to extraordinary. Chris Salem's goal is straightforward, to help serious business owners generate more clients, increasing customer experiences, and scaling their overall revenue and profits quickly and inexpensively. Robert and Noel chat with Chris Salem about developing resiliency as an entrepreneur because he saw that his greatest job was being a dad and he wanted to create the freedom to show up for his family. He talks about creating impact by managing your emotions and your inner critic. He helps leaders shift their inner critic to become their inner champion. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to, to have this conversation and, and uh, just so looking forward to sharing your entrepreneurial journey with our audience. Well, thank you so much, Robert Noel. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm looking forward to uh, serving today. <laughs> so our typical start place is your entrepreneurial journey and how you got into to doing what you're doing and the impact you're making. Well, I mean, I guess I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I can remember from the time I was a, a little boy, I always liked coming up with new new ideas. And, you know, I guess I can credit my parents for having a great worth ethic because I, I started working at the age of 12. And, uh, you know, even though it wasn't considered legal, but I can remember working at a batting cage at the age of 12. And while kids would take their quarter that they were making an hour, you know, as a quarterback in those days and buy and buying a Pepsi with it, I would save my money because I, you know, thinking like, hey, one day I'm going to this money is going to pile up and I can start my own business when I get older and when I become an adult. So I pretty much had that philosophy. Now, I was not an entrepreneur from the start. You know, I start, you know, I went to college. I worked, you know, all through high school, right through college and eventually got a job. And I worked in the corporate world for probably a good seven, eight years before finally realizing, you know, my personality is that I'm not an employee. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I just can't, I'm psychologically just unemployable. And, <laughs> and I, 
And that, and I credit my friend Jeffrey Combs for that term, by the way. And with that being said, I, 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 I was able to, you know, finally, you know, go out on my own. And, and instead of, you know, working for someone selling, because I was in sales at the time and, and, and working for somebody, I decided to now represent certain companies where that I could sell certain things on their behalf. And, you know, it, it worked out fine. It, you know, I enjoyed it for the time being. And, you know, throughout that period, I, you know, I, I, I started my own media company with a partner. Uh, we ended up selling that company for a good amount of money and, uh, you know, which, you know, set us off financially off on the right foot in a very good way. And from there, I just got involved in other entrepreneurial projects until I got to the point where I, you know, my son was only five years old at the time. And this was back in 2012. And I realized that that even in my own business, I was traveling quite a bit. I was flying all over the world and doing all these things. And I said, you know, the greatest job I'll ever have that you only get one shot at is being a dad. And I said that I can't do what my dad did to me when he was constantly gone and never around. I don't want to repeat that with my own son. So I made a bold decision to kind of walk away from the business that I had been involved in for quite some time and got into executive coaching because this now this could be something I could do on, on my, you know, where I didn't have to travel as much, you know, Skype was around right around that time. And I, you know, I could, you know, coach people on Skype because I don't think Zoom was around at that point yet. And as a result of it, you know, I had to build that business up from scratch. It took me about three years to do that. But one of the things I found out is I loved what I was doing because, I, you know, I come from a family of teachers and and I was able to employ that that teaching process with training and coaching, working with individuals and businesses to help them scale and help them achieve the things that were important to them. And I did it always from a place of val core value, from a place of core values and how I connected with them. And it really played into a lot of the things that really were true to who I was. So, you know, in, over the last 10 plus years now, I don't consider what I do work or, you know, a business. It is a business, but I consider it, you know, something I love doing, regardless if I get paid or not. Not that I'm going to work for free, but but nonetheless that I do it, you know, if it was because I love doing it and teaching other people how to be successful, both individually and in business. It's just the it's just the rewards are just off the charts for me. And knowing that the people that do it, they get the results. Uh, it's just it's so worth it. And so my journey has been an exciting one. It's I'm not saying it's all been, you know, you know, where everything went right. I've had my share of failures, setbacks, challenges. But it, I look at it as an opportunity, not as a, something that happened to me, but as blessings that allowed me to grow and expand to be where I am today to be a resource and an example for other aspiring business leaders. So for you, what does it look like to design your business around your family? Well, that's a good question, Noel. I mean, work-life harmony is so important to me. So when I talk about harmony, you know, people often use the word balance, but you're never going to see a seesaw balanced on its access point. It would require enormous amount of energy from a, from a physics standpoint to do that. So it's always teetering. So harmony to me is that give or take effect. It's never going to be perfectly balanced. But to me, it's it's very, very important. Family is, is very important to me. But the first person that you got to put first is you, 
not in a selfish way, but in a way that's going to create more impact for your family and for your business and the people you serve. Because if I'm not taking care of myself emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, intellectually, socially, and environmentally, the eight pillars of wellness for that harmony, how can I fill my cup to be an example and be a resource for my wife, for my, my son, and for the people that I serve in my business? So it's about that priority. I got I to gotta fill my cup to take care of my family and then my customers and then finding that harmony. So knowing when, when I have to you know, alter things to put a little more emphasis into my clients and work, knowing when to pull back and put emphasis into my family, but always making sure that that foundation, which is the core, the, the, uh, uh, the core habits that I engage in every morning in my daily routine that I do every day. Now, I've been doing a daily routine and an evening routine for 25 years. I've never missed a day. Even when I'm flying and I'm like flying from Singapore back to New York, I'll do it on a plane. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. I still do it. So having a, a daily routine is the core foundation to any kind of success, whatever that means to you. So nice. for me, that that that's what I thought. That's what harmony is. You just knowing when to adjust and modify things, and and to give and take, and knowing you know how to harmonize that. That's to me is how I chosen to live my life and do business. Like consistency and all that. Your consistency, consistency, your yeah, discipline and consistency. Yeah, consistent to your values, discipline, and your consistent to your morning and evening routine. That's a big part. Yeah, yeah. For us, we talk about uh, you know th the misnomer of work life balance, and the teeter totter is our great example, right? Because as kids, we we're on that teeter totter, and and you lean back or you lean forward to get it to balance, right? And and once it's balanced, what do you have to do? You have to freeze. So yeah. So I always imagined our household, and we had, we raised two kids, and everyone's running around like crazy, and then. Wait, wait, we're balanced. Everybody stop. Nobody move. Because if you move, of course, you know, you're out of balance as soon as that happens. And yes. So I love, I love work-life harmony and I love the idea of putting yourself first. And and really it's for us, it's helping entrepreneurs design the life, right? Design the things that are important, you know, define success in your terms. Because, you know, in your case, you chose your son, right? being a dad was my most important role. And, and we only get one shot at family and one shot. And I, I tell people all the time, like I can fix businesses. I can start new businesses. I can help you do all kinds of stuff in business, but fixing a family is a, is a, is a 10 X job and, and protect the family. And let's, let's focus on, you know, all the ways to, to build a business that still protects that core thing that really matters to you. So love, love that you did that. Love that you found success in that online space long before, you know, everybody was zooming and, and, and doing it on a regular basis. So some really cool stuff in there. So let's talk about this core routine. That's, that's really, yeah. What I are, mean, what are your non-negotiables uh, in there? I mean, obviously prior to this, I had no routine. I would wake up whenever I woke up and, you know, I, I worked out. I was a big workout buff. I've been working out since I was 18 but at that point, I didn't have really any structure or foundation in my my life. But one of the things I, I, I do is I wake up at a certain time. I wake up every morning at 4 a.m. Now, I wasn't in the military, but I just feel like by waking up early, it allows gives me two hours to do my routine. So by the time 6 o'clock rolls around, most people are, you know, my family are still sleeping. 
So I can, by six o'clock, I can be available to them. Again, when my son was smaller, that was quite useful. Now that he's going to be 16 years old, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. But with that being said, I could get more done and I can have that time now to do things with my family, talk, maybe work with a customer in, in you know, over in Europe that might be later in the day for them. But my daily routine would be this. I would wake up at 4 a.m. I would then go to the bathroom, make my bed, not because I wanted my bed neat, but just that I could accomplish a small task. I would then meditate for 20 minutes and then I journal. I just write whatever comes to mind. And I, that could be a couple of minutes. That could be 10 minutes. It depends on whatever comes out of my mind onto out of my right hand onto the paper. Then I, from there, I will go to the gym. Now I don't work out seven days a week, but I work, I do resistance training four days a week. I do cardio three days a week and I do planks every day. So I do that. So in some way I do work out every day, but not like, you know, I'm not doing resistance training every day. Then I come back, I will shower, start with a cold shower, working my way up to warm water, and then I'll eat a healthy breakfast. After that, I will read a chapter or two out of a book, something either relevant to what I'm working on or for a client that I, you know, I can use that information to help them or clients in general. And then I review my daily goals for the day. So I do that seven days a week, 365 days a year. And the reason why that is so important is because if for anything to stick takes six months or more for it to kind of be embedded at the subconscious level, it takes about three weeks for a habit to form, but it won't truly be embedded at the subconscious level for about six months or more. It depends on the per pe pe person. So I don't want to say it's six months exactly. It really depends. But what's important here is discipline and consistency, because if you're waiting for motivation, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. Motivation is fleeting. It's not something you should rely upon. This is why New Year's resolutions do not work. It's doing it even if you do, if you don't want to do it. You do it anyway. Like Nike says, just do it. As long as it serves you, it's going to not only serve you, but you're going to serve other people around you that observe that in your communication, in your ability to how you behave, your attitude, how you respond versus react to situations and people, and your action. That is more powerful to influence and impact somebody than you just telling them, you know, what you're doing or how to do it. Your example and your resourcefulness are, are more valuable to people, especially to your loved ones. So for me, a foundation really, you know, changed the way I think. It, it taught me to think from uh, instead of thinking in the past and the future from fear, from my limiting beliefs, you know, it, it tied to expectations, to outcomes. It taught me how to think in the moment from intentions focused only on what I could control, not what I can't, and then trusting the process to lead to the results that I seek. That took me a little while to get that, you grasp that, but when I made that shift in my thinking, it just changed everything. It, my, my confidence went up, my communication improved to myself and others. I made better decisions. I took calculated risks. I followed through with massive action. It, it, it you know, improved my attitude. Yes, things happening for me, not to me, and it allowed me to respond to situations and people better, not react to them. So, so you obviously have a lot going in that in that morning routine. How important is your evening routine to set that up? My evening routine is simply, you know, just having a, a gratitude list, even if it was a tough day, to find what I was grateful for, 
It might include a body scan meditation, you know, to kind of release any last minute things that built up in my body. Doesn't mean I do it every, every night. I might do it two or three times a, a week. And then I'll read something light, not something that's going to captivate me, but something light that will allow me to get, become drowsy. So this way I can sleep much better and I can sleep now with, a you know, from a place of clarity, not bringing any of the tough things that happened that day to bed with me only to disrupt my sleep and then wake up the next morning groggy and, you know, tired. So those are the things that I do every, every day, every evening. And it's just that it's the accumulation effect or the compounding effect. You do do something every day that serves you. It's going to, it's going to impact you in a positive way. Yeah. I like that you said that you're doing it uh, seven days a week because it's, I think it's habit and, you know, normal for us to think that, you know, my Monday through Friday routine is different than my Saturday, Sunday routine. And it's consistency. It's all the time. It's you're on and your family's watching and, and how you react and how your brain brain is watching is 24 seven. It's not just Monday through Friday. Exactly. It's not situational or once in a while. And it's, I look at it as that, you know, we, we, we grow and expand through challenges. We don't grow and expand when everything's going right or, or because you become complacent and bored. I'm always stretching myself, not straining or to the point of burnout that that's, that's getting that there's no harmony there, but staying in harmony, stretching myself to grow, taking on challenges, seeing them as opportunities to grow and, you know, trusting that process. Cause I know I don't have to come wake up and, and control somebody else's emotions or their communication or their behavior or their attitude. I'm not responsible for that. I'm only responsible for those things in myself. And when I can be that example every day for people that matter, then hopefully that rubs off them in a positive way they can do for themselves and pass that gift on to others. That to me is what creates more interdependency, bringing people more together to, you know, in their role and duties to complement one another not to depend on each other. It's a big difference. So you're doing it from a place of empathy and kindness, not from pleasing and enabling them. So you talk about bringing people together. So let's talk about the value of connection in growing your business and growing yourself. So in terms of connection, it's got to start with you again. I do a big talk. As a matter of fact, I just talked about this uh, today for a company, Oracle, for their women leadership group that if you're going to create more impact to be the example for people you lead, regardless of your title, whether if this is as a parent, uh, a sibling, uh, whatever, or, you know, in your business, you got to learn how to really manage your own emotions. You've got to, you've got to be able to change the way you think. Now, how you do that is that's going to impact the way you communicate to yourself. Are you communicating to yourself from the, from your inner critic or your inner champion? If you're, if, you're, if you're coming from you're in a champion, you're going to be more specific, clear, and concise with your communication to yourself. You're going to know what you're good at, what you're not good at, and be honest with it. You're going to be comfortable in your own skin. And you're going to know it, when it comes to communication as the sender or the receiver, you're always responsible for that, that level of communication. So if somebody says, hey, I require this right away and walks away, well, they should have been more specific, clear, and concise, but they weren't. Well, it'd be nice if they were, but I got to be responsible still regardless. I have to go up to them and ask, well, what do you mean that you require this right away? Does that mean at the top of the hour, at the end of the day, or the end of the week? So by me clarifying that, those, that, that, that propensity for, for, of expectation to fall through the cracks is decreased. 
because I made that communication more specific, clear, and concise. I lowered the, the, the level of assumption and speculation. So that way, you know, it wouldn't you know, cause any problems or, or it would decrease the problem. And this is why we have conflict in, in business, why we have conflict in marriages, and because it's all miscommunication. Everybody sees it from what they think it should be rather than what is. And they're always getting caught up in the control they can't control versus the control they can. But when we can learn to do that, we can now we can put aside who's right, who's wrong, and do what's best for the situation to solve, solve the problem and create a solution. Well, it's really powerful to communicate expectations, and, and we rarely start there, although those expectations are what creates that conflict most of the time. Yeah, that's, why I, I, that's why, Robert, well, I don't even use expectations. I don't even, when people say, what are your expectations? I said, I don't have any. Well, you don't have any, then how do you get things done? Well, I have goals and objectives, and I have intentions. So I can go out there and do everything within my control, my communication, my behavior, my attitude, my emotions, and my actions. That's all I can do. And the tasks that associate with that. If there are things going on in my industry or in the economy that impact that, that are beyond my control, I have no control over it. Why, why should I worry about it? Why should I place my energy there when it's not going to help anyway? I just got to focus on what I can control. But mm -hmm. what I've seen time and time again is that when you do that, somehow things work out. Doesn't always mean it's gonna be exactly the way that you envisioned it, but if they always work out. And then you ask yourself, why in the past did I used to just stress myself out or be so have all this anxiety and be frustrated and angry? And then like when it when it all worked out, you would say, Oh God, I thank God I don't have to do that again. And then when it happened again, you did it all over again. Right. I've learned now not to do that. And and I trust the process. I trust that everything is going to work out as long as I show up and do my part and give 150% to what I can control daily, knowing when to stop and put a boundary, knowing when it's time to you know hang up and close the door and go be with my family, go do something for me and that harmony. So just kind of, again, having a plan, you know, plan, planning. I plan everything I, I do in, in, in terms of my life and my business. So that structure is there to guide me. Yeah, we talk about boundaries a lot and being able to say no is hard. And it's a concept that um, I struggle with in the past. Um, but the idea that you're saying yes to the priorities and you're yes to what's important to you. You, you said yes to your son. And it's a boundary, but it's it's a way to say yes to what matters and be OK with letting go things that don't fit and don't aren't in harmony. Exactly. Because there's going to be the case with my son when he was growing up. Okay, if he had 10 baseball games. Well, if I were at nine of those 10, that's awesome. But there's probably going to be one that, you know, I just couldn't be there because there was a, a really important work thing. Now, while my son in his game, while my son is the most important thing in my life to my, with my wife, there's going to be sometimes a sacrifice. I may not be able to be at every game, but if I missed one out of the 10, still good. And it's not like I missed nine games because of, I put work first and only attended one. I only missed one and attended nine. So, again, you got to be able to look at, you know, the, the pros and cons, you know, what's important, prioritizing things and valuing your time. And that's one thing I had to learn how to do because I, I, I could manage time, but managing time was not enough because I would allow distractions in and not realize it. 
But now that I value time, I'm able to offset the distractions within my control and to create an environment that allows me to be productive and more laser focused on things that matter. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Well, we talk about it being intentional, right? You're intentional in your thoughts from the beginning of the day. You're intentional in your plan of the things you're going to execute. And I think the willingness to let go of the outcome, right? We recognize that if I go, if I take this step up the steps and I take the next step, I take the next step. At some point, the outcome will be I get to the top of the steps. But the truth is I can only control the process. I can't control whether I get to the top or not, but I can take each step. And recognizing that each day in planning those steps for your business, that steps for your family, the steps for the things that you want you want to accomplish. But it is really challenging to let go of the outcomes. Yeah, it could be. Trust me, I was a control freak and being a, perf- a recovering perfectionist, it took me a while to figure that out. And, and knowing how to delegate, that was also a tough lesson for me to learn. Uh, but I did. I, it's been a while now since I, I got over that hump. But it's something that I'll never take for granted. So I know you wrote a book, Chris. Tell us about your book and the impact it's made. Well, the name of the book I put out, which is now almost, God, it's been over six years now. It's hard to believe it's been that long. It's called Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity. And it, it's a book that, that, that shares how to overcome your self-limiting beliefs from childhood. Your self-limited beliefs are forged during your child development years. They will impact your level of confidence and self-esteem. And as you become an adult, it'll impact not only that, but how you communicate to yourself and others, your behavior, your attitude, how you take risks or don't take risks, how you take action or you're busy and not productive and all of the above. So I talk about how that, you know, through my own personal struggle, how I was able to overcome them and then adopt a different way of thinking and how we can eliminate those limiting beliefs and replace and rewire our, our brains to think in a different way in the moment. I, you know, you could call it a resilient mindset, which is not situational, but something you do every day or mental toughness, whatever you like to call it. And how that changed how I looked at things. I began to like not I was not the victim anymore. I saw that all these things that happened to me as opportunities to grow and expand. And it just elevated my level of confidence, not from ego, but from just a place of of my beingness. And as a result, it improved my communication to myself and others, my behavior. I shifted away from codependent behavior and communication to being uh, interdependent, where I was very assertive, not passive or aggressive. And as a result, my attitude changed. I I began to respond to situations and people not react. And I just took massive action to what I could control and let go of everything else. And it changed my life. It doesn't mean everything became easy and 
and everything worked out for me every time. No, I, I probably had more obstacles and challenges, but I don't, again, I look at them as blessings. I actually like them. And I, cause I know I'm going to grow and I know it's going to open up new doors and new opportunities. And sure enough, it has, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I just always, I encourage people when I do keynotes or when I'm speaking or training or coaching, that if you can learn to do this for yourself, you'll begin to see life in a completely different way. You'll see business in a completely different way. And you'll see, you'll see that, that it, life is truly a blessing. It's not this terrible world that you've been led to believe because nothing is going right. And, and you got to, in order to change that, you got to change yourself. Nothing else is going to change unless, you know, unless you change yourself, you're not, you can't change anything outside of yourself anyway. So, so what are some of the blessings of running your own business while raising your family? Well, the blessings are that I, it gives me the ability to, you know, just, you know, make decisions, you know, that, you know, that were, uh, you know, if I want to work a certain amount of hours, I can, or, you know, if I'm going to take off certain days, so I have flexibility in my schedule to work around family stuff, vacations and doing things like that. Uh, I, I love the fact that I could be more creative. I know that because I'm, you know, I'm a free, I'm a critical thinker. Sometimes that, that may not always go over well in certain corporations. So me, that kind of, that kind of environment would not be conducive to me, even though I work with a lot of companies in this particular area in terms of training and coaching myself in general, I probably wouldn't be a good fit for that. So I tend to, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, and that's where my mindset is. I, that, that, that's the lifestyle I've chose and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's just who I am. It's just, it represents my values. It represents my personality and my ability to become more to or be more to become more and then do things better to, to generate different results and be a better example and resource for others. Hmm. So good. So with all the success you've had, what is your biggest challenge? Well, my biggest challenge is just like with anything, you know, I, while I value my time and I do, it's not always, you know, easy. And, you know, sometimes like you wish there could be more hours in a day, you know, where you could do, if you, you could do just one more thing to be, be there to, you know, speak, to help somebody help themselves. But the reality, that's, that's not the case. We can only do so much. And so I have to be able to learn that, that I'm never going to be everything for everyone, nor will I ever will be. But just knowing that, that if you can impact one person at a time, you know, and even if it's just a few people, that's a blessing. And that's what I'm committed to do. And, and I know every day is not going to be, you know, the same day or it's always going to be the best day. But I but I'm always committed to showing up to be my best, not to be the best, but to be my best, better than I was yesterday. So valuable. That one percent. So let's talk about uh, what what are mentors you know meant in your journey? Well, I think mentorship is very very important. You know, I think that we're all teachers and students simultaneously. You know, sometimes we have to take off the the you know the teacher hat to put on the student hat because we're at a place where we can now learn from somebody, and that's regardless of age. I, I learn all the time, even from people that are half my age. Some of even my son, I learn things that I I don't know. And but but I I feel that mentorship is key because a, a great mentor you, you're going to learn from their experience. You're going to learn from you know, how that relates to who you are and how you could apply those principles to see 
if they apply to your situation. It doesn't mean you become like them. That's not what mentorship's about. It's taking what works, what doesn't work, and then applying it to your situation and, and allowing you to grow. A great mentor is going to help you keep you accountable and help you keep on, you know, being honest to yourself, not going to do for you. And it's going to be, you know, share their, their experience and be the example of that on a continuous basis when you're around them. And I think they're highly valuable for anybody's growth. I would always recommend anybody or any, you know, have a mentor somewhere in your life, wherever you require that the most. Yeah. One of the, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that, that emotional awareness and emotional control. And how do you help your clients recognize that, that these emotions are, are signals and are, and are telling us something about ourselves and not necessarily, you know, something to be acted upon? Well, like I said, when, when there's pain in the body, you know, sometimes it can, we could have certain thoughts or we might be struggling. See it as a, as a message, an opportunity to do something different. Maybe you have to give up something. Maybe you have to do something that you, you're not used to doing. Because if you keep doing the same thing you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same message and the same results. So for me, the, those are blessings in disguise. And that, you know, sometimes it shows up in the body in terms of where we have pains and aches somewhere. And that might be the wake up call, you know, for us to do something different in a different way. But we have to be it. To, we have to be it. And we have to think differently to be it, become it if we're going to do it different and, you know, and generate better results. So for me, I see those things as blessings and then, you know, allow me to think of what can I do different that's going to help me to move forward, not stay where I am or, or, or regress backwards. So obviously you speak and teach about designing a life that you love. How, how does that work for your clients and for, for those that you serve? Well, it, it's great. We, we, we do this in a lot of trainings for Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we do this with individuals in small groups when we work with entrepreneurs because we're a firm believer that, again, you know, that work-life harmony is, is, is very important. You can't be just working all the time. You got to have time for yourself, time for your family. So we, we, we tend to cover a lot of ground in that area in terms of, you know, core values and how we connect with them, you know, how to think differently. So we are big proponents of that as the, as the foundation. The foundation is, is, is this, how we think differently and how we communicate to ourselves and others from those values. That's what you builds more with people. You mentioned gratitude as part of your evening routine. What is the value of having that thought process and that just reminder of gratitude each night? Well, what gratitude does, it just reminds you that, you know, that whatever you're dealing with, if you're dealing with stress or anxiety or, or anger or frustration, that a lot of times it's it's more self-created. Like you created most of that inside what really is. It's because you're so caught up in what you think things should be versus what is. So when you begin to look at life and business for what it is, not what you think it should be, it changes everything. You don't see things now from a place of stress, anger, frustration. And that can lead to inflammation in the body as a result of that. I begin to see things for what it is. And then what can I control in this situation to make it better? That's it. That's all I can do. So if I'm in traffic and I'm now, I left an hour earlier than I usually do, but yet I'm still going to be late. Well, I, I did everything within my control. I left an hour earlier and there's this traffic and there's nothing I can do. So I'm not going to be on time. 
did everything I could. I mean, by me stressing about it or, or trying to drive on the sidewalk and, and get arrested by a cop, it's not worth it <laughs> just to get me to where I got to go. So right. I, I, I learned to adapt. You know, I, I mean, I just told this story uh, to Oracle today where, where there was a situation where the very thing I was supposed to speak at, 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 a, at a company and I had left it. It was not far from where I lived, but there was a, there was an accident and it caused this traffic where I had nowhere to go. I could not get out of it. And I left early. I would have been there an hour before I had to be there. And because of this accident, there was no way I could get there to do the event. So the worst case scenario was I, I, I'm going to have to cancel it. But then when I talked to him on the phone in my car, because I was stopped, I said, can we modify this last minute? Can we do this by Zoom? And I know I'm sorry about this. And they go, well, it's not your fault. I mean, I, and, and we ended up doing it by Zoom. And I simply found a way to you know, go to the side. And I did, I did the talk right from my car on, a, <laughs> on the side of a, of a highway where the cars weren't moving. And did it. Nice. It, it, it was fine. You know, and then I look back, I said, well, I could have made that worse than it really could have been. I could have been screaming and yelling and hitting the steering wheel and beeping the horn and not yep. going to change the situation. But again, right. it just allowed me to think in the moment to adapt to what is and make that adjustment. So obviously, you talk about core values and how to think differently as, as kind of the foundation and, and really, this is character development. And one of the things I see a lot in the online space is entrepreneurs feeling like part of their fake it till they make it is putting on that impression that they've made it, right? So talk a little bit about authenticity and the importance of authenticity for yeah. you in, in your role. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it because a lot of times what that could do is that can also get you into a lot of trouble. You know, sometimes I've seen I'm a business coach and sometimes I will see somebody that is aspiring to be a business coach. But then one, they've never really ran a business Two, they're they're They don't know what a KPI is, key performance indicator. They don't know how to calculate a net profit margin. And now they're they're supposedly teaching people how to do this in their business. You're going to get yourself into trouble. So it's better to be transparent that, hey, I'm aspiring to be a business coach and I'm learning. I can help people in these areas of that. And I'm learning. But, yeah, you don't have to disclose that you're doing you're learning these other things that you have to do. You can do that on your own time. And but meet, you know, just meet people where you're at with what you know and the value that you bring. You don't have to be everything for everyone. There's always going to be people that require certain things only that you can provide and get and provide value. But I think a lot of times when you get people that fake it, fake, you know, fake it to make it, they just, you know, they, they try to be everything for everyone. And then this is, they, they can get themselves into trouble. And if you get somebody that you do something wrong and, and then they, they sue you, well, if you don't have insurance and, you know, you could be, you could be in trouble. So that's the thing that I always say, I'm not a big fan of fake it to make it. Be, just be transparent. Just be, you know, focus on what you're good at. And then if you have to incorporate the, these things later and learn as you go, you, that's what you do. Mm, absolutely. What do you like to do in your free time, Chris? 
Well, in my free time, I just, I love being by myself, believe it or not. I mean, people say, well, you're an extrovert. You, you know, you're so good with people. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm really, I wouldn't consider myself to be, be an extrovert. I, I consider myself to be kind of on both sides because when I'm done speaking or if I'm done, done doing a group training or coaching, I like to go to my hotel room or I like to just go home and yeah, of course I'd be with my wife and my, see, well, my son's older now. So, you know, he's doing his own thing, but I, I like to be by myself. I don't want to be surrounded by, you know, tons of people because, you know, I, I got to recruit, I got to, I got to, you know, I, I put out so much energy being on that I got to now come back and refuel my energy. And that to me is my time. And so I love peace and solitude. Oftentimes I, you know, I love to go for walks, whether it's with my wife or not. And, and, and I have no problem being alone. I mean, I'm just. That's what Jesus said at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh? so what, what's your most memorable date with your wife? My most memorable. Oh God. Well, I'll, I'll, this will be an interesting one. This will be the first time we actually had our first date and it was not, I'm, I'm happily remarried, by the way. I, I'm, I'm, I, I was married once before. Uh, my son was from uh, my first marriage. And my, my wife now of eight years is Maria. She is Venezuelan. And when I met my wife, we had met on eHarmony. And I had, was honest with my, um, I was honest with my, uh, my what, you know, who I was, what I was looking for. And apparently my wife did the same thing and kind of that's how we got matched up by the algorithms. But she was in in Maracabo, uh, in Venezuela, you know, and here I am in, you know, outside of New York area. I'm like, OK, well, how's, how's this going to work? And with all the crazy things that were starting to happen at the time in Venezuela, I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. But sure enough, I started communicating with her for six months on Skype. This is again before Zoom. And we got to know each other. We were like friends. We just got to know each other. We never met her physically in person. And then our first date happened to be in a neutral location, which was in Curacao, which is a sister island of Aruba. I could easily fly from New York to Curacao. She could fly easily from Maracaibo to there because Venezuela is not far from Curacao. Now, here's what happened. I got there no problem. Her plane, she flew from Maracaibo to, to Caracas, and then they canceled the flight from Caracas to Maracaibo. So it, it was almost never meant to be. But my wife was a lawyer, and she said that this plane has to fly from Caracas to Curacao because there are people waiting to come back from Curacao to Caracas and people here that have to go to Curacao. In addition, I got a date with dest my destiny. And she goes, this is going to happen. She said, well, ma'am, we can't. We don't have anybody to process tickets. She goes, I'll do that for you. She did. She did. She was able to convince them. She did all the ticketing, did this for, did it. And that plane took off. She was supposed to be there early in the evening. And she didn't get in until like 2.30 in the morning because I had a knock on my door. And she goes, hello, this is me. And I'm like. And here we are, you know, now for the first time in person that I can to the to this woman I've been talking to for six months on a computer screen. Wow. And we just had, you know, four or five days together that if you call that, that the longest date ever. <laughs> and it was wonderful. And we I went to go see her in Venezuela. 
She came to New York. I went to Venezuela. This is before Venezuela started getting bad where, you know, it was not good for me to be there. It was dangerous. But I asked her to marry me when I went to her uh, cousin's wedding in Venezuela. We became now the center of attention, not the, the married couple anymore. Whoops. And, and, and sure enough, my wife moved here because obviously I had a young son at the time still and had to be here for him. And we've been happily married and we, we have the most wonderful relationship and it's completely interdependent. We, we, we take care of our own selves. We, we're responsible for each of our role and duties, whatever that may, and we just complement one another. Her happiness isn't dependent upon me and vice versa. And it's just a healthy relationship that obviously I did not have. Uh, well, at least I was healthy, but, but I didn't, but you know, my, my ex-wife was just heavily codependent and I just, I didn't, I didn't want my son growing up, you know, thinking that was normal. And uh, yeah, congratulations. That's pretty exciting. And, and, so glad that she's no longer in Venezuela because we lived in Colombia for 10 years. So we understand the situation. Yes. Yeah. And my, my wife's mother is, even though she's Venezuela, she lives with us. She's, she was originally from Colombia. So. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. One of our good friends was Venezuelan living in Colombia. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of them now in, in Colombia or here because you don't want to be in Venezuela these days. No, you do not. No. All right, Christopher, what's, uh, what's your big dream? Well, my big dream is to, you know, impact as many people as I can. I'm not going to be everything for everyone, but anywhere I could be the example and be a resource to impact people to be their best, not the best, uh, to do what they love to do and show up and give 150% and make the world a better place. I mean, that I, that's what I'm all about, you know, live, you know, fulfilling your purpose and how that shows up as a parent, as a spouse, uh, in your business whatever that may be in your community, just knowing how to, how to live a life of, of harmony. Well, we're excited. We're looking forward to you coming back to Colorado in June and speaking at Achieve. We, uh, I can't wait to be there. I've been telling Robert and Vanessa, I'm looking forward to it. it it's, I got a great uh, keynote talk planned for everybody and it's going to be quite fun. We're going to make it engaging and fun and uh, looking forward to spending this time. I'm going to be there for the full duration because I know when I came out the last one, it was last minute. Robert asked me to come out and I had already had a, a com I was talking for a company the day before, so I couldn't be out there Friday. So I flew out Friday night to be there Saturday. Well, yeah, yeah. You don't want to miss it. It's a great, great weekend. Oh, yes. Well, and you're the lead, you're the lead show. So we, we we're we well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be, I can't wait to just meet, you know, you see both of you and meet new people and, and uh, just have a good time and just uh, have fun. Well, we will absolutely make some introductions and, and uh, look forward to connecting. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We end every show by letting our guests share their words of wisdom to our entrepreneurial audience. What would you share? Well, I, I'll just leave it on this with a statement that could, you know, if, if you really listen to it and apply it every day, it'll change your life. Give without expectation receive without resistance. And what that means is that when you give without expectation, you're doing it from a place of empathy and kindness. Be the example and be a resource. Don't do it for people. Don't please and enable them. That's codependent. Give without expectation. Know when to put up a healthy boundary, of course, that so people don't take advantage. And receive without resistance, meaning that when it comes back from somewhere else, that if it serves you in any capacity, you receive it with gratitude. Don't deny it. Don't say, oh, you don't have to do that. You, that that's, I'm good. 
No, because you're denying yourself more prosperity and you're denying that person. Receive it because when, when you give it out, you, it comes back to you to fill your cup to continue to be able to give and you just keep repeating that cycle. That's what prosperity is all about. And I'm just, I've, I've, I've been putting that statement to test for many years and, and I can tell you it works. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy that you know, you're never going to have any more challenges because matter of fact, you probably have more challenges, but you'll see them in a completely different light and you will appreciate them more because when you, when you trust the process, the, the results that you see long-term will be much more than you've ever imagined the, if you were doing it the other way around. So much valuable insight. I, I can't wait to pro process this podcast so I can listen to it all over again. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Chris. It's been a pleasure having you on our show. Thank you for having me. And it's such a pleasure to be here to serve your audience. Thank you for tuning in to this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review, but most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Robert and Noel chat with coach Dan Gordon, who empowers audiences and clients to believe in their own inner power. He challenges people to face their fears on a daily basis and change their thinking, change the way they react to no's.